Welcome to the Phoenix Nest. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. I'm Bethany. We finally got Bethany on a microphone. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Kat. She went and bought a microphone so that Bethany Yay. could use her microphone from last week. So this episode, we are going to be discussing chapters 1 through 11 in A Rogue by Any Other Name by Sarah McLean. Opening thoughts? What did you guys think of the first 11 chapters? Because I know you two have finished. I still haven't. Yeah. I've got like 80 pages. I'm the worst apparently the slowest reader out of all of us. Opening remarks, anything you guys... Uh, there was a lot that happened in the first 11 chapters. Yeah, a lot did happen in the yeah. first 11 chapters. It went back quickly. It did. It yeah. was like, throw you straight in and hope for the best. There was a lot I didn't know. Like, a lot I didn't know. I actually had to Google the English peerage, because I didn't know what the hierarchy was. Like, the whole time I was like, wait a second... Who comes first? So for those of you who don't know, the Duke is the highest. The Marquess, I had to look up how to pronounce that because I didn't have a fucking clue. Um, Followed by the Earl, and then the Viscount, and then the Baron. So basically, if you are titled, you don't want to marry a Baron. Your goal is to marry a Duke. So I had to look that up. I also didn't know what the fuck a ton was. I thought it was just a measurement of weight. Ouch. (laughs) Um, And I didn't know what the season meant. So for those of you who don't know what that is... Um, the ton is French, and it refers to the British high society, and the season is um, late January to early July, and that is when the parliament reopened, and it was full of like crazy social entertainment things like balls, theaters, parties, dances, masquerades, and it was usually a time for people to find suitable marriage partners, basically the rich bucks. Someone who is going to make your life either easier or harder, according to this book. So I had to learn that. I had to Google <laughs> that. It was a lot of Googling. Um, Kat, did you have any um, opening thoughts on the first 11 chapters? Mostly I was just a little bit leery. I've read a lot of historical romance novels, and they're super hit or miss. They're either really well written or they're really, really painful. Okay. So going through, like, reading the back cover, and then we had a night where we sat around and I'd be like, tell me what page to stop on, and then I would, like, read the page. <laughs> that was a good see, night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To see what was going on, like, in the middle of the book. Uh, I really felt like the first half of this book, well, maybe a little bit more than half of this book, went really quickly, like Bethany said, but it was also the really important buildup of information that was kind of necessary, so. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Kind of my first opening remarks, I read the, I guess you would call it the prologue. It's titled Born. Born is the main hero's last name. And the moral of Born is to not be an idiot and gamble your everything away, as Michael Born has done. He's fucking stupid. You're 21. You're barely legal to gamble now. Don't throw it all away because egos and shit. I also didn't know what a gaming hell was. Um, you didn't know it was a casino? Girl, you gotta work on some context clues. Listen, yeah. listen. <laughs> what is wrong? Man? I went into this totally blind, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I didn't... The context clues! Yeah, well, it, I got to the context clues. That's how I figured out what a gaming hell was. But when I first read the back of this book, I, I was like, in most exclusive gaming hell, what the fuck is that? But the context clues came and was like, it's a casino! I literally <laughs> made a note here that I didn't know that I, I was under the assumption that bollocks... What does that mean? Like, oh shit. Bullshit. Bullshit. Okay, what are bollocks? Testicles? I didn't know they were balls. Girl. They're just testicles in general. I'm 33 years old, and I was under the assumption this entire time that bollocks meant, like, ass. I had no idea. I swear on everything holy, right, and good in this world, I had no idea. And now I feel incredibly stupid. I'm just, I'm very concerned about your vocabulary now. I'm concerned about it too, because how was I unaware that these were things? I mean, you improved it. You I learned what it is. You're things. fine. It's written down in my notes. Quote, unquote, oh bollocks, not ass. It means balls. What did you think of the supporting characters in the first chapter? The first chapter we covered um, the gaming hell, the fallen angel. They are owned by um, Michael Bourne, Temple, Chase, and Cross. Did you like the friends? Did you dislike the friends? Are you specifically referring to just the gaming Yeah, just, just the gaming owners. 
How did you feel about it when you first met them? There wasn't a whole lot to them in the very beginning. It was more in the background story of Michael. They were pretty flat. And um, that's they're kind of just there at the beginning. Yeah. I felt. yeah, they were pretty flat in the beginning. We didn't get a whole lot about them. In fact, I didn't realize that Cross was even part of this until later on. We kind of get a little in the first chapter what's going on with Michael and, and how he is so very angry that he still lost his land, Falconwell. The fuck over it. It was ten years ago. Right? Like, who holds on to something that long? Well, it was his own fault. But, okay, but we have to also make a note that the person who had been, like, a stand-in father for him after his parents died was the person he lost it to because he was being egged on by that man. So that's kind of important to note. Yeah. Because that man knew he was young and stupid and cocky and kind of really played into that. And um, yeah. so that's really important to note because if he hadn't felt like he was being pushed like that, it wouldn't have been so bad. And then that guy was like, by the way, this is for your own good because you can't care for this or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, there were other layers, not just that he was being stupid. Yeah, I can see that. Like I, he I was, was reckless. I'll get. I'll give you guys that. I he think was so reckless. Jealousy is an underlying theme in this book, for sure. Because you, it starts off with that man being jealous of Michael's estate that he's inherited. Yeah, because he's got the beautiful, the most yeah. beautiful estate in Surrey, and then it just kind of festers in Michael once he has to give it to that man because it's no longer his. Yeah, he's got nothing left but the house. Yeah, and eventually it becomes like the woman. Like he's jealous of anyone who even looks at. Her at Penelope. Yeah. 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 Chapter two starts going into Penelope's deal, and we learn <laughs> that Penelope is a spinster. Uh, she's 28 years old. She's unmarried, and she was spurned. I felt like with Penelope, there was a lot of blame placed on her for her failed... Right, for not keeping her, her fiancé. Yeah, but wasn't her fault. He left her. He's the one who left her, because he was going to marry for love, as opposed for... Uh, as opposed to his, like, status. Well, if you read further on, I know we're not quite at that point, but um, they were going to make him go through with it. They were, yeah. And yeah. I think Penelope, at that point, she had said, I, I wouldn't, didn't feel right or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because she wants to marry for love. And yeah. She wanted to be looked at the way he looked at the other woman. Yeah, yeah. I, I just felt like the entire time it was a battle between Michael's thoughts on having lost Falconwell and Penelope's well, I've been through shit, too, and no one wants to see that. They think that I'm the bad person for having caused this. And that wasn't the case for me. You know, I didn't think of it that way. Well, Michael was an idiot. He lost his stuff. It's kind of his fault. And then it's not Penelope's fault that she's 28 and hasn't been married. But I think the point is that they're going through somewhat parallel tragedies. Yeah. Like, they've both lost their reputation. They've both lost family in a sense yeah and they're both kind of being blamed by society for being immature or stupid or not good at what they do and so they have all this guilt and so even though they have very different reasons for feeling that way it's still like this parallel journey that they're trying to figure out like what they're supposed to actually focus on and who they are in Mm -hmm. their new lives yeah because i feel like they haven't really gotten over their traumas at all. I mean, it's been years at this point. Penelope's situation happened, what, was like nine years prior to the start of this? No, it was less than that. Was it? Because I thought that at this point... Because she was getting older because it was around the time that Michael stopped responding to her letters after he was at college. Oh, that's right. Well, no. That's why those letters are running through the book. That's true, yeah. Because he stops and she has, like, asked him to, to respond. To come to her, her coming out or whatever. All yeah. that stuff, yeah. Okay. So, chapter three, kind of not a lot happened. I didn't write a lot down. Yeah, I don't even remember the details of chapter three. That's <laughs> where they met each other for the first time as adults. Oh, at the, at his old estate? Yeah, at his old estate. She's at the lake and then he comes out. She thinks he's a bear. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, there's no bears in Surrey, but suddenly there's a bear. <laughs> or he's a pirate, a land pirate. Yeah, what the hell is with that? Like, I think that was just her active imagination getting ahead of herself. It was dark. Was she that, like, had a, a lantern. Was a joke or, like, trying to be cute? Because I thought it was kind of stupid. I think it was. I think a lot of it was that it was her active imagination. It was kind of showing probably her innocence. She's still very innocent at 28. She hasn't had a lot of life experience outside of having been engaged and then suddenly... Okay. Alone. She's still living with her parents. Because at this time, a man is the, who, per, the person who took care of you. Yeah. You didn't have a, a man in your life. You were nothing. 
Darn. That's why the whole point with her family <laughs> trying to get her married off so soon, because what if her dad died? Then she'd have nothing. Yeah. And then he's, right. she's the oldest. Blah, blah, blah. Well, fuck that. Well, and then, like, there are other reasons that her dad did what he did that you find out much later in the book. And uh, it it's just kind of this weird master plan, because there is another childhood friend who kind of offers to Tommy. help take her shame away from being this burned spinster lady. Yeah. And protect her. And that's right at the very beginning. And he's like, just let me do this for you. I've loved you as a friend. Like, and normally that sounds like a pretty good deal if you're trying to like accomplish something else, which she would be like, she would want to live more of a free life and all that stuff that she talks about. And then she still like turns him down. Well, and I think that was more of a, you could see the internal struggle for her I could do this and I could get married and I won't be a burden to my father and Mm -hmm. my mother. They'll be happy that I've done this. But at the same time, will I have a happy life if I marry my best friend? I see him as a brother figure as opposed to someone that I can spend the rest of my life with. Right. Would I be comfortable spending the rest of my life with my best friend? Whereas some of us would think, hey, hell, no problem. I mean, I'll spend the rest of my life with my best friend if that meant... I wasn't a burden on my family anymore. I might do it if I had to. I probably wouldn't be 100% happy. But I kind of see where her her place was in that she said no and why she said no to it. Because she's the hopeless romantic, you know? Like, she just she's going to keep going until she gets what she wants. Yeah. Would, as, as a hopeless romantic, would you marry your best friend if that was what would save you? From being single? Yeah. No. No? No. As much as you want the romance, right. you're not going to... Because, that to happen. because platonic love is extremely different from romantic love. And if what you're after is romantic love, then you're never going to have an actual, like, fulfilling life with that person. Okay. And I know that some people feel like, oh, we can grow from it and we can maybe turn this into romantic love. But as someone who has had a lot of male friends, that's just not really a possibility for everyone if they are firmly in, I don't want to say the friend zone because that's very, like, stupid but you just you don't treat each other in a romantic way and that's not a line you're going to cross yeah but you can tell from the beginning that she wants to bang him and she has since she was a kid since she has yeah like they're okay but that's another point of contention because she doesn't recognize that she's loved him for a very long time but he doesn't realize it either and then you you know at the end when he pulls out whatever i haven't got that far no spoilers Mm -hmm. i'm gonna finish it tonight most likely so we kind of have their meeting, and their meeting is less than what Penelope is hoping for. She's hoping, oh my gosh, my long-lost best friend. I can't believe he's back. And he's like, you have my fucking land and your dowry. Yeah, Where he I'm was gonna, scary. I'm gonna, he was. He was very surly and very yeah. angry. It kind of like hurt my feelings when he was so mean to her, because she was so happy to see him. And he's just like, oh, fuck off. Wouldn't you think that if he wanted to marry her to get his land back, because his land has tried her her dowry, he would be more charming. He would try to... But he doesn't want to charm her. And he's very upfront about that. He wants to ruin her reputation so much that she has no choice but to marry him. And then he wants to be like, listen, I do what I want, you do what you want, and you can just kind of live off of my fortune and you can maintain the house and it's not a big deal. And so in his mind, that's, like, a good plan, but he doesn't realize that he's actually just kind of being an asshole. Okay. Yeah. Because he doesn't think that she's, like, looking for a love match. He thinks that she's just looking for someone to marry because her father's desperate to get rid of her. Yeah. So there's, like, a very skewed um, perspective of that. Okay. Chapter five is our very first quote-unquote sex scene. If you consider sex to be... Anything involving genitals, not necessarily penetration. How did you feel about the overall beginning, middle, and end of this sex scene? Yeah. I was pissed. Like, give it to her, you know? (laughs) Like, God, don't just tease the poor woman. (laughs) And it was was a lot of teasing. And for someone who said he was going to ruin her. But then when you think about it, like, he's trying to do it in a nice way. 
like, because the he does way possible. He does still have feelings for her as a friend, so he doesn't want to be too mean. Right, but remember, ruining her meant the rumors. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. actually doing something. And th- Yeah, and I think that's why he stopped where he did. Like, because she couldn't deny that something happened. He her still... clothing was ripped. You know, like... He still did it. He still did something. <laughs> there was a lot going on in that scene, I thought. For something, for someone so new to it, he just kind of went for it. It was very romanticized. Well, he wasn't new to it. He wasn't. No, but she was. But a lot of her feelings and emotions during it kind of, I went, but you're so new to this. That's not how that works your first time. Primal like, yeah, get it. (laughs) I just feel like, who orgasms on their first time? You didn't? No, I didn't. Bad part. Flat out didn't. (laughs) I just feel like... I just feel like that's not something that happens on your first time. You're so it's a romance now. It's supposed to be a fantasy. Yeah. And he's supposed to be, like, the super experienced And she's the very, dude, very much and, the virgin. Yeah. And so that's that makes it a little bit different, too, because it's not going to be the story of your sad version of sex. It's going to be the greatest version of sex, because now she's going to be, like, obsessed with him and want to do more things or whatever. So that's a little bit different. I have a bone to pick about... This scene. Specifically this first sex scene? It's more of something that's said. It's in reference to... This particular scene is in reference to her pubic area. Okay. Can we please stop calling pubic hair the curly hair? The curls? Not all pubic hair is curly! I don't like it. What would you prefer? Yeah. Like the coarse hair? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's more accurate than curly. Yeah, but it's gross. <laughs> Your coarse hair. But I feel like the curls <laughs> is pretty gross too. Mm, I found it's not it disgusting. as bad as the coarse hair down there, you know? I don't know. I just, maybe we could just axe that whole. Don't refer to your genitals as the curls. It's strange to me. I, it took me completely out of the moment where I was like, mm, no, I can't. <laughs> you got hung up on that. I did. I did. That's weird. But I think a lot of this, I get hung up on the weird things that people call their nether regions. Yeah, the descriptions yeah. of that. When I mean, I, there's not really a nice way to describe there, junk. <laughs> there isn't. There's no nice way to describe no. it. But it, it literally, I had that moment where I stopped and I went, No don't like that at all. I hate it. Is there anything else we can use to describe this? I hate it so much. Well, come up with something. I'm going to have to. Yeah. You have to let us know. (laughs) We just had to talk about my vocabulary, though, so I didn't know what bollocks, the ton, or the season were. I mean, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Read a thesaurus, maybe? Read a thesaurus sometimes. Throw a dictionary in there as well. Right. And, like, the other thing, too, that really took me out of it was warm, wet entrance. I mean, accurate description, though. <laughs> accurate description. It is all but... of those three things. Yeah. It was three You things. have no, no, like, misconception of what's happening. Yeah. None whatsoever, but it was that they were all three said in conjunction in one sentence, <laughs> and I was like, that's too much description. Well, what do you want it to be? Not warm, wet entrance. But that's what it is. I know, but it was a lot. If it's not that, you're doing a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> so, as a romance author, should they just know all these different ways to call yeah. these things? This is taking me back to 10 Things I Hate About You. Judith, what's another word for engorged? <laughs> <laughs> the counselor. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites, and I think it's one of my favorites because of the counselor. Yeah. And the things that she says. She's amazing. So, for the very first set scene, I think, you know, we all have our feelings on it. I clearly have more feelings than everybody else. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> more I, feelings of, like, anger. Yeah. About <laughs> I was scripted words. What about the sex act itself? Were okay, you mad about that? So, no, I wasn't mad about the sex act itself. I was mad about how it happened and why it happened. I felt like the motives behind it were really skewed. And I felt like he said that he just wanted it to be rumors, but at the same time, he did follow through on a part of the act. Well, he was all hot and bothered. You're not just going to expect him to not, are you? Well, and so is she. Yeah. They got caught up in the moment. And he says, like, more than once that it wasn't his intention to do that. I was upset that she apologized for being turned on. 
Like, he did say a couple times, you're so wet for me. And she said, I'm sorry. Because she didn't know what was happening to her body. Yeah, no. She didn't know that it was a normal response. But I would have liked him to say something along the lines of, it's okay. Yeah. I kind of like it. This is the way it's supposed to be, baby. Okay, maybe not quite like that. No, not like no. that. No. <laughs> That's why I'm not a writer. <laughs> this is why we don't write our own romance novels. We only read them. Yeah. Can you, knowing that Kat and I have written parts of a book. A really good one, by the way. Can you I'm imagine for that ending. Can you imagine the two of us writing a sex scene? Okay, but that's why we stopped writing. Was because we got up to the point where we were ready to do a sex scene, and then neither of us could like follow through with it because we couldn't decide who was going to write it, and so we just stopped. Get on those um, like the websites where when it posts, just like, add, like make a Mad Libs. No, you can find like the texting threads from people, like when people are like texting them or sexting them. Sexting threads. Yeah, use like. The, the raunchiest bits from those. <laughs> there you go. It'll write itself. <laughs> that sounds really scary. Should we just post it on Reddit and have the Redditors yeah. write our sex scene for there us? Because go. it's hard. How simple could that be for you, though? <laughs> it would be scary. Have you been on Reddit? Oh, it would be scary. It would <laughs> be probably one of the most terrifying things ever. So, as we move in to the next chapters, uh, It was just a lot going on. I mean, they wake up in the morning. Penelope wakes up on her own, and Bourne is gone at that point. He left because he was having conflicting emotions. Yeah, and that's another part where I was sad because she was sad. Well, and she had to wake up alone after her first sexual experience with her childhood best friend. Yeah. And not only did she have to wake up alone, but she had to wake up to her father shooting in the windows. Because he was angry right. that someone made out with his oldest daughter. And what he didn't know is that she left and that it was Michael Bourne. But then when he realizes who it is, he's even angrier. Yeah. Because this man is a Marquess who has lost everything. He's got nothing left. And he's a deviant, according to everybody, because he does run a gambling hell. I laughed out loud. Because the entire time Penelope's like, he's not actually going to hit us. He's kind of a shit shot. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that he was standing outside the window, he was shooting a gun through this window because of how enraged he was. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was really funny. It brought some humor to the sad parts of Penelope waking up. Who wants to wake up to that? Ever? Never, never, Like, let alone after... (laughs) After your first sexual experience. Your father has come into your ripped clothing. I never want that to happen. No thanks. No. I just can't can't imagine having that happen. So we get that situation and Bourne at some point picks her up. I wanna know why in every romance novel it's quote unquote sexy to have the hero throw the heroine over his shoulder. Because it's faster. I would love for someone to come pick my fat ass up and throw me over their shoulder because it's quote-unquote faster. He's showing his dominance. Isn't that supposed to be sexy? Well, he also showed his dominance by spanking her. And then he has a thought about doing it again. And she's intrigued, isn't she? She is kind of intrigued by it. That she'd been spanked. What? I kind of really want someone to find me a historical romance novel that's got some kinky in it some bdsm yeah hmm. i kind of want to see what that would look like just for my own satisfaction just to read and see i don't Can think it's done? much different like because there have been other ones where they have like relationships like that yeah that's i've not read like an couple. out of the ordinary thing i yeah. kind of want to read one though i've never read one it's more like they tie you up with silk Stuff like that. Not like BDSM that you're thinking of. Not Fifty Shades of yeah, What not, the Fuck. <laughs> not that shit. Fifty Shades of Repressed Childhood Trauma. Yeah. Because that's what that was. Sure. So do we have any feelings about what happens next? You know, she's been forced into this relationship with her childhood best friend. She does not like him as a person because he is not the same person she knew. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings on how this kind of progressed? Do you think that it gets better? Will I think it gets better? <laughs> Will I be angry at the end? No. No. You won't be angry at the end. No? 
it I feel like the middle of the book is very frustrating just in that there's a lot of back and forth in the emotions of both of our main characters and that on its own is frustrating and then some of the events that kind of build up to the end kind of just create more frustration okay like when she constantly wants to visit the gaming hell and he's always like that's no place for him and I'm like hey that's rude but then also once you read more of the description of the casino you're like that doesn't sound like a good place for anyone to be there's a lot of Really, like, shady things happening. Yeah, I did notice. Um, that's going into later chapters, kind mm-hmm. of after our cutoff point. But she does. She does very much want to go and see what his life is like now. Because she knew what his life was like prior to his parents dying and prior yes. to him going off to school. And she now realizes that his life is totally different than what it was before. And she kind of wants to see that side of him. She did lose her best friend. She has been in love with this guy since childhood. And so I think this is try kind of her trying to reconnect with him. And I can see that because there's a lot of angst between these two. She wants to love him and she wants him to love her so deeply. And he's just kind of like, I'm fucking here for the land. I don't want anything else. I'm here to ruin your friend. That's it. That's all. Until he gets time alone with her, and then he's like, oh shit, you're actually really cool. You know, and that's why I think later on he really distances himself from her. I know that there were, there was a lot of him saying that he doesn't deserve her. Yeah. He doesn't deserve her. He doesn't deserve love. And I'm, I don't see where that correlates to his past trauma. Why? Why does losing your entire life? Because that's what he was worth his entire life. And people turn, everybody he knew, turned their backs on him. But how does that ruin you as a person to the point where you don't think you deserve love? Because nobody loved him. And he blamed himself. He blamed himself, yeah. But he does have people that love him. He didn't know it. He just doesn't know it. He still doesn't know that he has people that love him. He doesn't, he's not aware that his friends and partners care for him as a person. And I think you see that later on. It's not until later in the book that you realize he has a conversation with one of the characters that um, kind of forces him to understand and realize that he is worthy of it and he does have people that care for him. But I think the problem is, is that when all of this happened and his letters from Penelope went unanswered, he did not answer her. She was showing him, we still care. I'm sorry that these things happened to you, but we still care. And I think that his trauma, his parents dying, and his... That's kind of the catalyst for all of this, his parents' death when he was away at school. Definitely. Because that's when the letters start to end. She tries to tell him, hey, you know, I still care. We're still here. We still love you. But I think that that's kind of the start of him saying that nobody loves me. But he still had people that cared. He did. But I feel like, you know, he was 21. He was probably extremely embarrassed. And he didn't want to have to face those people. And explain why he lost everything. And that's why he becomes this, like, jealous, brooding man. There was a part in here that I had a question about. Why were women not allowed to attend funerals? Penelope couldn't go to his parents' funeral. Do we know why? I think that was because she needed an escort. Is it because she was unwed? Probably. I don't know. That's a really good question. I was so confused. Why... She was not allowed to attend his parents' funeral. Maybe because she was still technically a child. Maybe she wasn't allowed to go because of that. I feel like that was explained in the book, though. It was in a letter. It was in one of her letters. No, um, she tells him. Does she tell him at mm-hmm. some point? Is it later? Yeah, because their whole backstory that they make up is about something. She says something about visiting his mother's grave and well, explaining yeah. what flowers she leaves. And then he asks if that was like a real thing. Yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was that. she explains why she doesn't go, and I think it was because the the minister wouldn't let her or something. Yeah, it was the vicar, because um, she states, "I'm sorry that we are not able to t- we were not able to talk when you were home. I am sorry that I could not attend the funeral. It's a stupid rule, and I wish I had been born a male so I could have been there. I plan to have a chat with Vicar Compton regarding that idiocy." So you just answered the question. So it's because, because she was not a she's a single female. She can't go anywhere. That's fucked up. That's but so that's a lot up. of rules. I hate the Victorian era. I would. I but that's sucked. even up to like our era. <laughs> like that's <Okay>. not just <laughs> in the Victorian era romance. I don't that's like, like a lot of the rules now. And 
And I don't even know that there are technically a lot of rules. I think they're more... Well, social standards are viewed as rules. Societal and cultural, they kind of define what you are and are not allowed to do. It's still annoying. I find it incredibly annoying. Chapter 8 was nothing. Nothing yeah, happened. No. Tommy came out, wanted to chat, pissed Gorn off. That's where the jealousy yeah, comes into play. Yeah, you see it there, yeah. He was very jealous for a man who didn't really care. Because he does care. He does care, but... but he doesn't know he cares. I think we need some Freudian wisdom on this one. It's his subconscious. His subconscious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember that for the last, like, ten years or whatever it is, since he lost his land and all that, his only goal has ever been revenge. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't care about anything else and anything that wasn't helping him to reach his goal, he just kind of cut out of his life. Yeah. So and that's, yeah, that's why when he starts to realize that he does actually care, he distances himself. From he's like, oh from fuck, like I really like you. I don't know why I'm so angry that Tommy came other than, you know, like you're my woman, hear me roar. No, <laughs> no, the fact that your dad is the man who ruined me. I don't think he's quite gotten to that resolution where he's like, oh, the conversation, I forgot the word I'm looking for. Yeah, that's conclusion. Like, conclusion. conclusion. Yeah, that um, he loves her and that okay. he doesn't want anyone else to yeah. be around her. At this point, he has no idea how he feels about anything. Chapter 9. Chapter 9 is where... She finds the scotch for the first time. Oh, yeah. And has one glass of scotch, and suddenly she's shit-faced. That's, like, that happens in every romance novel I think I've ever read. She has, like, a sip or a one little glass, and she gets shittered and ends up doing something. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> are you? I have never heard that come out of your mouth until really? just now. I say it a lot. Okay, but we have a couple of things to remember. She's just arrived in her new house and met a smoking hot housekeeper that she's very confused about. And And very jealous of. And her husband disappears instead of having a night of wedding bliss. Oh, snap. You're right. This is her very first, it's their wedding night. Right. And she keeps imagining that he's left her to be with someone else because he's never been like, no, I'm single or whatever. And so, remember, she keeps talking about the goddess. Yeah. That was in the arms of a goddess. And she's like, fuck it. And she pours herself, not a sip, but, like, two fingers of scotch. And she had been traveling all day. Like, there are a lot of factors here. Not just she's she's being more drunk. Yeah, she has Like, it's not, we don't need to reduce it to that. My, my, I don't care that she's drunk. I'm just, in my mind, I'm like, why is it always, like, one night where the heroine or whatever you want to call her decides to do something like this like in every almost every single but that's real life for people too think about it when you're sad and upset what do you do you have a shot i eat ice cream okay but that's still (laughs) a vice but this is a new vice for her but she's doing it because of other things she's acting out you're saying yeah well this is her rebellion too i mean this is the first time she's been left alone her adventure if you will (laughs) she says that it's an adventure a lot she does she likes the excitement i think that comes with michael but not but but she also wants that like that home life that she's always wanted she wants to be happy yeah she wants to have married for love and not she wants her cake and she wants to eat it too that's not how life works. You can't have it I all. mean, sometimes. Just not in romance novels at the beginning. Not in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I have a bone to pick with heroes wanting to destroy clothing. <laughs> hey, you mean you don't like that, Jess? I don't like that. I have, I have a bone to pick in regards to all the male heroes want to rip clothing. It's not easy to rip a clothing. Like, a cotton shift off of a person. Have you tried to rip cotton? I can't do it. First off, maybe that's why I'm so angry about it. I've never been able to just be like, I'm going to rip it off. Are you saying that you have the same strength as a virile man? No, I'm not. I'm saying I maybe <laughs> I want mean, it. I mean, she did well last night, right? I did, yeah, I did do well at the axe throwing. Throwing something and ripping something are different. <laughs> I just feel like, I get it, you have money. And you could replace the clothing, but it's clothing. What if she really liked that top? I think it's mainly for a dramatic effect. To rip the clothes? Right. Okay, if I have to read clothing ripping in every single romance novel. You're going to have to, just like I'm going to have to deal with the fact that 
every woman is going to have that night where she just decides to drink. Okay. If you can get through it, I can get through it. <laughs> I think we're going to have to. I feel like these are such normal things in romance novels. These aren't things that I've ever read, though, because I, I like romance novels, but I like in contemporary. In your ghost sex things, they never rip people's no. clothing? They don't rip clothing. I feel like the ghost sex books, they kind of know we're on a fixed income. We're werewolves. We don't exactly have daytime jobs. Are they real gentle werewolves? I mean, they can be sometimes. (laughs) Can you imagine, though, like a vampire? I'm not going to rip this because this is a 16th century top and I cannot replace it. Yeah. There's not a lot of clothing ripping in paranormal romance as far as I've read. Why don't they just buy new clothes? Yeah, it's much easier nowadays to replace your clothing <laughs> than it is back then. Like you don't have to go to a seamstress and be yeah. like, my bodice. <laughs> Wait, that's not a thing. <laughs> this is the fifth one this week. <laughs> what kind of sex are you having? I just keep tripping. I keep tripping. Oh, no. Is this where the term bodice ripper came from? The amount of clothing yeah. items that are ripped? In- I'm assuming, unless it's like a seamstress thing. Which I would not know anything no. about either. I would assume it's just from the ravishing. Yeah, that's like ravishing. a big. A big I love point that word. Of, you know, romance novels. You do like the word ravish? I do. Yeah, to be a... ravished, mm-hmm. but yeah. not ravaged. That's different. Yeah, ravaged is different. That's the bad side. To be ravished. Who by doesn't a want to be hot. ravished by a hot Marquess? That was hard to get out. <laughs> was rough, wasn't it? A hot Marquess? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I prefer a Duke, but... I, I mean, I would prefer... I'd prefer a Highlander, honestly, but... I would prefer a fucking firefighter, but, you of know... Of course you would. <laughs> there are romance novels involving firefighters. Oh, I've read a few. They're not very good, though. No? No. Well, that kind of sucks. Not in real life, either, from no. my understanding, so... No. I don't know. I'm looking at my notes, and I was clearly very angry that he, he was so horny that he ripped her nightgown off. I'm like, calm down. Has it ever been a woman ripping his clothing? Have you ever read that? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I haven't. I can't recall. Yeah, usually it's like buttons and laces, because men's oh, clothing yeah. is much different than women's clothing. She tore his ascot. <laughs> um, no, you loosen an yeah. ascot, Jessica? I know. But... Jeez, if you could tear that thing, his head's gonna come off with yeah, it. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> This romance novel has turned to something entirely different. A murder mystery? A murder mystery, but we already know. From the perk's point of view. <laughs> the one that we had a text thread about, he lays her down on his mink. Think oh. of the fluids <laughs> on mink that's yeah. not coming out of the fur. No, it's not. Kat kept saying, it's a romance novel. It's just a Yeah, book. you kind of have to get over <laughs> the reality of how would this go? I think that's the the part where I have such a hard time is the reality of the situation. Like in my head, I'm going, okay, if it were me, I'm going to take the mink fur off of the bed because it's not going to be easy to wash. Okay, but think how nice that would feel. On your bare backside? Yeah. In the beginning, like I don't think you could do the entire deed because you'd be too sweaty and it would stick to you. Oh. But see, then we're, we're now we're getting caught up in the reality. In the reality of the situation, yeah. which is like trying to have sex on a bed that's covered in cat hair. Yeah. <laughs> cat space right now. No. <laughs> that's not something I want to do. No. I wouldn't want to have sex on a fur. Lay me down on some cotton sheets. Yeah. It's just easier know? to clean up afterwards. But also remember, they're not the ones ever cleaning up. So oh. it doesn't matter if they messed up. That up. poor hot housemaid has to clean up the... Yeah, she's fine. Fluids on a mink. She's in the kitchen scrubbing all pissed off. She'd probably just toss it out and replace it. He makes enough money. Yeah. He's got enough cash. They might even have like a closet filled with them. <laughs> <laughs> Replacement meals. Yeah. So now we ruined another one in the sexcapades. <laughs> Grab a new one. We didn't know about his life before, right? Like he never mentions. No, he doesn't really mention what his life was like prior. I mean, you know, sexually. Kind of. I mean, he mentions it a little bit, that he's had other women. He's obviously experienced enough that he's had other women. So, I was reading the scene where he's fingering her. One finger does not make for an explosive orgasm. But maybe it's, uh, she's so... That's because whoever's done it to you doesn't know where the G-spot is. Or doesn't have long enough fingers. But what I was getting at is maybe it's because she's so tight and virginal still. 
Because it's always is been... that the connotation? Yeah. Is it? I mean, that's how I kind of took it. I mean, it could be. There are other fingers going. Yeah, not in other places. Penetrated. I feel very torn on their two emotions about it. She was very into it, and for him, he was into it, but it was almost a mechanic of their nighttime activities for the wedding night. It was expected of him to diverginize her, if you will, on the wedding night. But that was all a reaction. Like, you're, I feel like you're overthinking it again. Am I overthinking this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, it was sad to me because this is like, okay, well, I have to go do this. My friend told me I have to go have sex with my wife because it's my wedding night and it's expected of me. And she was saying, you know, this was expected because it's my wedding night. And then she realizes after the fact that he only did it because of that expectation. But that's her thought process. Because he really did it because he wanted to. And because he was having, like, male domination, mark your territory issues. He needed yeah. to metaphorically pee on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mark it and so it's not that he, like, did it because it was his duty. Like, there are other reasons. But because of the way their relationship works, that's kind of how it plays out. I was a little upset at the end of the sex scene, of the full penetrative sex scene, because he fucks a virgin, and suddenly it's the best sex he's ever had in his life. But it wasn't because she was a virgin. No, I think it's because, it's because they like each other, Yeah, but they're being stupid. They're being You're overthinking it. it so much. I am overthinking it, because it's one of those situations where I'm going, okay, but... No. It's like they're on the verge of making love and just having sex. They're so in tune yeah. with each other even after 10 years of not yeah. being around each other. And when they have that intimate moment together and it's just them and they can, like, all those walls fall kind of when they're in the, the middle of it. It's like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is great because I, I love you. I can see that. I, I can see where you're coming from in that. Yeah. And I am overthinking that. Not just because her physical body is so toit. But it's never described that. No, it's not. They really round it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Rounded and full or plush or something like that. More descriptive sex ways. (laughs) Rounded. Which is nicer than saying sick. So. With that three C's. <laughs> three C's. I was just going to say that, too. So, too many C's. All the C's, no K's. No K's. No K's. Uh, so we go into chapter 11, which is the last chapter that we are going to discuss. And this is, they go to their first societal dinner, if you will, as the Marquess, Marquess, I'm sorry, and his new wife and uh Lady Holloway can choke. <laughs> she was mean. She was a crotchety old hag. I didn't yeah. like her. Yeah. Describe her for our listeners. Please. Describe her? Yeah. What is she? What sets you off about her other than like the remarks? It was just her shitty attitude. I feel like for me and dealing with this woman, I'm going to try to find the section. So I don't like her because she's old. And she's drunk. And she reminds me of someone in my life who gets drunk while old and says mean, shitty things. Uh, and for me, she was just, she was bitchy. Yeah, no, she's awful. I agree oh, yeah. with you. Definitely. What is the line, like, what does, like, the first thing that she says to them? It's like she's picking up on their charade, kind of, right? So, her first line, if I'm... Finding this correct, her first line seems to be, how lucky also that her dowry abuts land belonging to the Marquisate. Yeah. That was, that was kind of the call Like a out. jab, yeah. That was a jab, yeah. That was a, you only got married, I don't believe your story because you only got married to get your land back, you shitty human being. But she was drunk. And she, she was, was kind of right. <laughs> when she you think was. about it. She was. But I feel like she kind of poked a lion. And she was just nasty. She represents the ton as a whole, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. How she's just kind of... She's just very forthcoming. She is very forthcoming. She's very mean about it. She's, you know, there are some ways... I mean, they all are. Oh, when, yeah. When you get further mean. into the book, like, it's it's kind of heartbreaking. Okay. To watch how the rest of the people around them think of them. And view them. 
treat them. Okay. Yeah. She says another thing in regards to Penelope. It wasn't as though additional suitors were legion in number, were they, Ladyborn? Kind of, you had nobody else. Right. Mm-hmm. You had to take the first person that proposed to you at this point, because nothing else was going to change. Which is also really sad. <laughs> sad. Yeah. This woman needs to not be on the sauce, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. She was yeah. very mean and very cranky, and I kind of really enjoyed that Penelope goes to Michael and says, you know, that was not an ideal situation, and he flat out says... Lady Holloway is a bitch. <laughs> and I kind of like whooped. I was like, thank God. He finally agrees with something that I agree to. I just didn't like her. I didn't like her. I thought she was a horrible, nasty person. And I hope I don't have to run into her again in this book. You're in luck. I know. Yeah, I don't think you do. I don't think, we don't think I do? No. Okay. I really hope not. Because I didn't, I didn't at all enjoy. I was a little frustrated with him, though. He, and, and by he, I mean born. The end of chapter 11, he kind of situates himself in a manner that is unbecoming to people of their rank, in that he tr- kind of forces himself on her in a way to be seen, kind of to keep his reputation in line for what they already assume him to be, but to also kind of see him. I have to disagree with you on that part. Okay. Because it's about keeping up their charade. Like, they're so in love, they can't keep their hands off each other. And this is why... They're doing what they're doing in the hallway. Well, while he's doing what he's doing in the hallway? No, she's participating yeah, she's too. Yeah, but I think willing... she sees it as more she, of a... Yeah, no, afterwards, like, she'll have those feelings like, oh, well, he's just doing this because it's he has to, to okay. protect, you know, like, to, to get people to believe that we're truly in love. Okay. I see, I see, I see it a little like that. I agree with that. But also, yeah. at the same time, I kind of see it as him trying to assert himself as this man who, yes, he's been married, but he's not going to be reformed, if you will, by his new wife. He's going to come back as the Marquess, but he's not going to come back as this man that society believes he needs to be. He's going to continue to do his ill-willed deeds, if you will, his kind of debauchery. And I didn't get that at all. No, I didn't get that either. He even says, like, it's good that he walked in on us because the rumors will fly about how in love we are. Yeah, because the whole point of them starting the social season together is that they are seen as a couple because the rumors are that it's not a love match. And in order for it to work out, they need to spin it like it is a love match. So the whole point of them going to all these things is to look like they're in love because it's being like reported in their like weird... Tabloids. Tabloids. <laughs> and, um, well, one of the people that's at the party, is it Tottenham or is it another person who runs those tabloids? I can't remember who, the, who that is. That's Mr. West, I believe. I think is so. That, is that right? I think so. I know one He'll of them, show up again, too. He shows up later. I think I've gotten to that part in the later half yeah. of the book. And I know a lot of it is to be seen, and I think that's why Michael was kind of so okay with going to this dinner where they're the guests of honor. Is because there is this person who is in charge of the tabloids and he can kind of spin it a little in their favor. But he also has the ability to spin it in a different light and say, no, this is not the case. I didn't get that at all. I didn't feel like he had any intention to be like, oh, I'm this rogue and you're not going to change me. The whole point is I I have been changed. I am so in Because he's supposed to now be presentable to society. That's why he's doing this. Yeah. Because, like, the whole plan is, like, in order to ruin Tom's dad, he has to like, go through all these steps, and the first step is getting his land back and then going back into society as, like, a normal person. But the problem is that in order to get his land, he has to marry someone who also has a tarnished reputation. And so in order for it to work for both of them, they have to sell it as a love story. Okay. Not as a, like, I mean, he might be selling it as a reformed robe, but not as a, I'm going to do whatever I want. Okay. So now that we've gone through the first half, Mm -hmm. 11 chapters, and I know I asked this kind of in the beginning, did you enjoy the first 11 chapters? I know it went pretty quick for you guys. Kat said she read it in two days. Uh, I feel like I enjoyed the first 11 chapters. I think as far as like backstories go, it's definitely not the worst backstory I've ever read for a romance novel. Okay. It has a lot more interesting detail. Okay. Than a lot of romance novels I read, which is good. And I feel like I truly find most of the background characters interesting. 
Like, there are a few that are just there to be there, and we can talk about that in the other half of the book. But for the most part, they serve a purpose. Okay. And I think that's one of those really important things. Okay. What did you think, Bethany? I liked this book. I liked the first 11 chapters. I liked all of it. I read it all in one night because I just, for me, like, I kept feeling the way that she was feeling, and I didn't want that to stop. You didn't want to have to set it down and, and sit and wonder, how does she go from here? Yeah. I liked it. And with the characters, you know, yeah, they're just kind of there. They're, you're introduced to them a little bit, but I don't really care for them too much at this point. Okay. Because it's not about them until later and you're like, oh, well, their influence is really helping build Michael into this character that we really want to see. Okay. That's valid. I can kind of see that from what I have read. Yeah. Of the second half of the book. And we'll talk more about that uh, next week when we come back and, and have a chat. And I enjoyed the first 11 chapters. I liked it for what it was. I obviously read way too far into things. But that's kind of what I do in regards to romance anyways. And I think that's why I read them, too. I mean, I do like them for what they are, but I read them, too, so I can just be like, that never happens. That's not how that works. (laughs) So uh, I enjoyed them. I liked them. There were a couple parts where I was like, this is the slowest thing ever. Their carriage ride. Yeah, there's some boring moments, but, you know, it kind yeah. of goes along with the territory. That was so hard. I texted Kat and I was like, does it pick up? Because I'm at the <laughs> point where they're in the carriage and I want to die a little bit. So you don't like the small talk parts? I don't like small talk in real life anyways. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Now that we know how we all feel about the first half of the book, we are going to go ahead and end this now and say thank you for listening. You can now find us on Spotify and Apple Podcast, which is really exciting for us. Um, I may have screamed in our group chat a little bit about it. (laughs) So I'm sorry for my excitement, but you can now find us on those two platforms. uh, Rate and subscribe and let us know how we're doing. So thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye.